Hola, ¿cómo estás, mi amiga? Amigos, both of you. <laughs> anyway, today we are gathering Selena Cantalina Perez. Like, I'm obsessed with her, like, for real. So I've been waiting to do this one for, like, the right time and the right mood and everything. And, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Let's get started. She was a Mexican-American singer who achieved international fame as a member of Selena A. Los Dios and for her subsequent solo career in both Spanish and English. Her father and manager, Abraham Cantania Jr., appointed Yolanda Salvador president of Selena's fan club in 1991 after Salvador had repeatedly asked permission to start one. <laughs> In January 1994, Salvador was promoted to manager of the singer's boutiques. Soon, Selena's employees, fashion designer, and cousin began complaining about how Salvador, Salvador's management style. In January 1995, Cantania Jr., her father, began receiving phone calls and letters from angry fans who have yet... Well, they sent the membership fees in, but never got nothing returned. He began investigating their complaints and found evidence that Salvador had embezzled $60,000 from the fan club in the boutique using foreign checks. After the Cantania family confronted her about this, Salvador fatally shot Selena with a 38 special revolver on the morning of March 31st, 1995, at the Days Inn in Corpus Christi, Texas. Although the healthcare team tried to revive Selena, she was ultimately pronounced dead due to hypovolemic shock and cardiac arrest. And, um, I watched a video somewhere, and it said pretty much that when they did the autopsy, well, it wasn't really the autopsy, there when they got her to the hospital and they were trying to fix her kind of thing. When they opened her up to see if they can get anything, see what it hit and everything like that, there was no blood that left the cavity. It means she literally bled out every last moment to get somewhere to get help. And her running, making her heart beat faster, yeah, she, she completely bit out the wound. There was literally no hope for that, like, at all. So, if she did make it she would have severe complications, you know, all that good shit. Sarcasm. Love it. Did y'all think that was it? The final? All in one thing? Well, I'm sorry to tell you this, it's not. We have a lot more to cover about the ins and outs and abouts. Let's get a rockin'. Sorry, I'm hyper. Please excuse me. Back to our story of mother. The Latino community was deeply affected by the news of Selena's death. Some people traveled thousands of miles to visit her home, boutiques, and the crime scene, while churches with large congregations of Latinos helped prayed in her name. 
on majority television networks in the United States interrupted their regular programming to break the news. The public's reaction to Cillian's death was compared to those that followed the death of John Lennon, Kurt Cobain, and John F. Kennedy. Some Americans who were unaware of the singer and her popularity criticized the attention she and her murder received from both the media and the Latino company. Radio personality Howard Stern mocked Selena's murder, burial, and her mourners and criticized her music, playing her songs with gunshots in the background, causing an uproar among the Latino population. That is freaking horrible. What the hell? Bruh. On April 12, 1995, two weeks after her death, then Texas Governor George W. Bush declared her birthday Selena Day in Texas, offending some Americans because Selena Day that year huh, it landed on Easter. I'm sorry. At the time of Selena's death, Tejano music was most popular in the Latin music subgenerations in the United States. She was called the Queen of Tejano Music. Oh, the crowd goes well. <laughs> and became the first Latino artist to have a predominantly Spanish language album during a view 1995. Debut and peak at number one on the U.S. Billboard 2000 chart. After her death, the popularity of Tejano music waned. Waned? Mm. During Salvador's trial for murder, called the trial of the century and the most important trial for the Latino population, Salvador said she accidentally shot Selena while attempting suicide. Y'all hear that story later on. Salvador was found guilty of the murder and was sentenced to life imprisonment. And so to let y'all know, there is a movie out. It, it was 1997. That, you know, had Jennifer Lopez in it. Well, due to this movie about Selena's life and achievement fame, Jennifer Lopez My brain went blank, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. But she got public after that, so yeah. Testing, testing, one, two, three, testing, testing. Yes. We are on the air. What do you have to say for yourself, caller? Selena was born on April 16, 1971 in Lake Jackson, Texas to Abraham Quintanilla Jr., a former musician, and Marcella Ophelia Quintanilla Selena was introduced to the music industry by her father, who saw a way back into the music business after discovering Selena's perfect timing and pitch. He quickly organized his children into a band called Selena y Slodinos, which included A.B. Cantania III on bass, Suzette Cantania on drums, and Selena was the lead singer. The band became the family's main source of income after they were evicted from their home during the Texas oil bust of 1982. They filed for bankruptcy after 
Cantonia Jr.'s Mexican restaurant suffered as a result of the oil bust. The family moved to Corpus Christi, Texas. 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 There we go. And Selena y Los Dios began recording music professionally. In 1984, the band released its first LP record, Selena y Los Dinos with small independent record company, Cantonia. I'm going to call him Abraham. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wanted his children to record Tejano music and male dominant music generally populated by Mexican Americans in the United States. Selena's popularity as a singer grew after she won the Tejano Music Awards for Female Vocalist of the Year in 1987. She landed her first major record deal with Capitol EMI Latin in 1989. Yolanda Salvador became a fan of Tejano music in the mid-1980s. She originally disliked Selena because Selena won awards that Salvador's favorite Tejano music since were not nominated in, in mid-1991. Salvador attended one of Selena's concerts in San Antonio, Texas with her niece. She became an ardent fan. She particularly enjoyed the singer's stage performance and especially like the song Bala es Cubiana. Bala, Bala, Bala es Cubiana. Sorry. <laughs> Told you I was a fan. According to Abraham, tried to connecting, connecting, contacting him and left him 15 messages. He said she left only three. Abraham contacted her to discuss her idea of starting a fan club after meeting with Salvador. He approved of her idea and gave permission to proceed. Salvador became the founder and acting president of the Selena fan club in San Antonio in June 1991 as president. She was responsible for membership benefits and collected $22 in shanks for products promoting Selena. A t-shirt bearing the singer's name exclusive interviews with the band, a fact sheet about Selena Isbostino, and notification of upcoming concerts. Proceeds from the fan club were donated to charities. Suzette was contact person between Salvador and the Quintanilla family. Salvador did not meet Selena until December 1991. The two became close friends and the Quintanilla family trusted her. By 1994, Salvador has signed up for more than 8,000 fans. According to television news reporter and anchorwoman Maria Eris, Salvador had become the most affectionate assistant the singer ever had. Eris wrote the paper, people noticed how eager Salvador was to impress Selena and did anything the singer told her to do. One piece of told Eris, if Selena would say jump, Salvador were to jump three times. Salvador gave up her career as in-home nurse for patients with terminal cancer, respiratory disease, to fully invest her time in running the Selena fan club, although she was earning less than she was as a nurse. talk about the boutiques. In 1994, Selena opened two boutiques called Selena Incorporated and Corpus Christi in San Antonio. They were equipped with in-house beauty salons. Abraham thought Salvador was a potential candidate to run the business because the family would be touring the country. He believed she was the best choice because of her success running the fan club. The family agreed in 1994. Salvador became the manager of the boutiques in September 1994. 
Selena signed Salvador as her registering agent in Santa Tokyo. Santa Tokyo. <laughs> Santa Antonio. What is wrong with me tonight? After being hired to run the boutique, Salvador moved from South San Antonio to Corpus Christi to be closer to Selena. In an interview with Premier and Pop Calco in 1995, Abraham said he always mistrusted, mistrusted Salvador, though the family never found anything odd about Salvador's behavior. Salvador was unauthorized to write and cash checks. She was authorized, excuse me. And had access to bank accounts associated with the fan club and boutiques. Okay. Selena gave Salvador her American Express card for the purpose of conducting company business. Salvador, however, instead used it to rent Lincoln Town cars, entertain associates in upmarket restaurants, and buy two cellular cell phones, which she carried at Selena's establishment. Complaining that Salvador was always nice when Selena was around, but treated everyone terribly when Selena was away. In December 1994, the boutique began to suffer. The company's bank account lacked some sufficient funds to pay bills. Staff levels at both stores have been reduced from 38 to 14 employees, mainly because Salvador filed the ones she did not like. The remaining employees began complaining to Selena about Salvador, but Selena did not believe her friend would hurt her or her business. Employees reported, reportedly told Selena that Salvador was two-faced and was unstable. The employees then began to take their concerns to <sighs> Abraham, who warned Selena that Salvador might be a dangerous person. Selena did not believe Salvador would hurt, hurt or turn on her. Her father also did have a habit of distrusting people. In January 1995, Deborah Ramirez, Selena's cousin, was hired to work in the boutiques and to help Selena expand the business into Mexico. Ramirez quit within a week, telling Salvador she was dissatisfied with the failure of staff members to report sales. Ramirez also found receipts were missing from the sale of several boutique items Salvador told her to mind the business and that it was not her concern. Salvador frequently clashed with Martin Gomez, Selena's fashion designer who complained that Salvador was mismanaging Selena's affairs. They're a muscle identified during Selena's fashion shows. Gomez accused Salvador of mutilating or destroying some of his original creations and said she never paid the bills. Gomez stated that Salvador had established a reign of terror. The two were constantly complaining about each other to Selena. Salvador began recording their conversation with Gomez. Gomez's consent to pursue Selena. He was not working for the boutique best interest. Gomez was reluctant to a supportive role when Selena decided to design her clothes herself. Between late 1990 and early 1905, Salvador often traveled to Mexico to expedite the process of opening another boutique. When Salvador visited the factory in Mexico, she intimidated the seamstress by telling them to either side with her or leave. Pretty much out of assumption that Yolanda was like extremely obsessed with Selena, like to the point of a shrine. 
candles, pictures. She would even play the videos as entertaining to her guest. Mr. Quintanilla held a meeting on March 9, 1995 with Selena, Suzette, and Q Productions to confront Salvador. Quintanilla Jr. presented Salvador, presented Salvador with evidence concerning the missing funds. He said Salvador simply stared at him without answering any of the questions. He further stated how Salvador did not deny the accusation to say anything during the meeting, but was emotional at times and other times just cool as ice. Abraham told Salvador he would involve police if she did not produce evidence that disproves this accusation. When Abraham asked her why fans were not receiving the promised gifts packages, Salvador said those fans were trying to get the items for free. Abraham discovered Salvador had opened the fans club bank account under her sister's name, Maria Alida. When asked why she'd done this, she replied that the bank would not allow her to open an account in her name. She didn't know the reason for the refusal. Salvador abruptly left the meeting. Abraham then banned Salvador from contacting Selena. However, Selena did not want to end their friendship. She felt Salvador was essential to a success of her clothing line in Mexico. Selena also wanted to keep Salvador close because she had bank records, statements, and financial records necessary for tax purposes. Salvador's name remained on the payroll after the meeting, though her termination was pending on the retrieval of financial records that were stolen. On March 25th, Selena told Suzette that she was planning on terminating Salvador's employment soon. After the meeting, Abraham discovered the fan club's checks were signed with Maria Alida's signature in her handwriting identical to Salvador's. He concluded that Salvador was writing forged check using her sister's name and cashing them and keeping the funds. When Abraham was trying to retrieve the fan club's bank statements, he said they have vanished. He found a letter in the Salvador's handwriting saying that Maria Aleda had to close the bank account because of a major problem. According to the letter, a member of a fan club, Yvonne Perales, was sent to the deposit 3000 but Perales did not deposit the money and could not be found. The letter stated that Maria Aleda found out the situation too late and the Perales and the money were missing. Maria... Alida then wrote checks to be cashed by Salvador. Even though the bank account had no funds, the letter said Maria Alekia was closing the account for the reason that the bank would have to cover the checks. Abraham confronted Salvador about the closing the account, but anyways, Abraham confronted her about Prowless identity, he said Salvador knew a thing about her. Abraham said Salvador did not trust the treasure of the fan club, but she had trusted a complete stranger to deposit $3,000. He told Salvador to tell that lie to somebody else. He concluded that Perales did not exist since none of the fan club workers have ever met her. Hmm. The day after Salvador was banned from contacting Selena, Abraham drove to Q Productions and chased her from the premises and told her she was no longer welcome here. The same day Selena and Salvador argued on the phone, Selena hung up and told her husband she could no longer trust Salvador. The singer and Perez were unsatisfied with Salvador's explanation of items being unaccounted for. <sighs> Yolanda purchased a gun at a place to shoot. On March 13, Salvador went to her lawyer and wrote her recognition, which Abraham believed was her alibi. The same day as Salvador drove to cars with Crispy and checked into the San C Motel, Selena was in Miami, Florida at the time. Abraham believed this would have been the first attempt to kill Selena. When Selena arrived in Corsa Christi on March 14th, Salvador contacted her to schedule a meeting. Salvador told Selena there was too much traffic and asked her to meet her in a parking lot 25 miles 
away from Corpus Christi. Upon arriving, Selena told Salvador she could remain in charge of her business affairs in Mexico. According to Abraham, Selena wanted to continue employing Salvador until she could find a replacement. On March 26, Salvador stole a perfume sample and more bank statements from Selena in Mexico. Salvador accompanied Selena on a trip to Tennessee while the singer finished recording a song for her crossover album. Selena told Salvador some bank statements were missing and asked her to return them as soon as they returned to Texas. Salvador repurchased a gun on March 27th and asked Selena to meet her alone at the motel room. This was her second attempt to kill Selena. The news of Selena arrived, a rebel spread, and she was soon mobbed by fans. Abraham believed her fans saved her that day. There's too many witnesses. According to him, the third attempt to kill Selena was during Salvador's trip to Monterey. Last week, Mark, Dr. Martinez received telephone calls from Salvador crying hysteria, saying she had been raped on March 29th, the day Salvador again called Dr. Martinez, who said the call sounded as though someone was trying to snatch the phone away from Salvador. He sent an employee to her motel room to investigate. The employee found that she had left a few minutes earlier. March 30th, Salvador returned from her Monterey trip and checked into Days and Motel. She contacted Selena and told her she had been raped, according to Abraham. This was the last message they received from Salvador. He believes this claim was her new alibi. Salvador asked Selena to visit her at the motel room alone. However, her husband, Chris Perez, accompanied her. According to Perez, he waited by his truck as Selena went alone to Salvador's motel room. As Perez was driving back to her house, Selena noticed Salvador had failed to give her the correct bait, correct bait statements she needed. Salvador tried contacting Selena through her pager. She desperately wanted Selena to take her to a hospital that night. She told Selena she was bleeding due to her rape. Abraham believed Salvador was trying to get Selena to come to the motel alone. Perez told Selena it was too late and did not want her to go out alone. But Selena did agree to meet Salvador the next morning. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of coffee. Morning cup of murder. <laughs> Let's go to Selena's murder and how it all went down. And moving on. Me cansa de escuchar, es cruzado y repetir. 
March 30th, 1995, Selena contacted Leonard Wong about the perfume samples he had made for her. According to Wong, Selena told him she would be meeting Salvador the next morning to pick up the samples that had been stolen from her. The same day, she told another employee of the bookkeep she was expecting to fire Salvador. The employee followed Selena to her home that night because she was concerned over the singer about their discussion about Salvador. 7.30 a.m. on March 31st, Selena left for Salvador's motel room. At the motel, Salvador told Selena she had been raped in Mexico. Selena took her to the doctor's where medical staff noticed Salvador showed clear symptoms of depression. Salvador told medical staff she had bled a little. The staff noticed Selena angrily responded that Salvador had told her the opposite, that she was bleeding really bad the day before. The nurse informed Salvador she needed to travel to San Antonio to obtain a gynecological examination. Because Salvador was a resident of San Antonio, the hospital was in Corpus, and the rape occurred outside the country. While driving back to the motel, Selena told Salvador it would be best if they stayed apart for a while to avoid upsetting her father. According to Dr. Martinez, Selena had tried to contact him that morning, but he could not speak on the telephone because he was performing a surgery. Okay? 10 a.m. Abraham contacted Perez to determine where Selena's whereabouts. She was due to record a song at Q Productions that morning and had not arrived. And the song pretty much was uh, samples that she they needed a voice, you know, because A.B., her brother, was trying to become, you know, a producer, you know, and needed song samples of, the, of he wrote. So, yeah. Perez her husband called Selena on her mobile phone and reminded her of the schedule recording. She told him she had forgotten the session and she was taking care of one last item of business and she would be there soon after. This was the last telephone call Selena answered and was the last time her husband spoke to her. Okay, at the motel room, Selena and Salvador began arguing. Motel guests complained about the loud noises coming from Salvador's room. They say they heard two women arguing about business matters. Selena told Salvador she could no longer be trusted and demanded Salvador return her financial papers. Selena then dumped Salvador's special containing bank statements onto the bed and saw the gun. 11.48 a.m. Salvador pointed it at Selena. As Selena tried to flee, Salvador shot her once in the lower right shoulder, puncturing an artery and causing a massive loss of blood. The hotel maintenance man reporting hearing a loud bang, which he likened to a car engine misfiring. Selena was critically wounded. She ran towards the lobby, leaving a trail of blood 392 feet. She was seen clutching her chest, screaming, Help me! Help me! I've been shot! Salvador was still chasing after her, pointing the gun at her and calling her a bitch. According to the motel staff, Salvador seemed calm and went back into her hotel room after chasing Selena. According to Carlos, who was waiting outside the motel, he heard screaming and saw Selena running towards him. She grabbed Morales and screamed, They're shooting me again! Motel staff noticed her clothes were soaked in blood. When she approached the lobby, Selena collapsed on the floor at 11.49 a.m. As hotel general manager Barbara telephoned the emergency services, Selena screamed at the staff, telling them, lock the door, she'll shoot me again. The singer identified Salvador as her assistant and gave the number of the room where she had been shot. 
The singer identified Salvador as her assistant and gave the number of the room where she had been shot. She was mortally wounded and terrified when she identified Salvador, having said her last words, Yolanda, room 158. Shauna and hotel sales manager Ruben tried to stop the flow of blood. Selena's condition began to deteriorate rapidly as motel staff attended to her. Delon tried to talk to Selena but noticed she was beginning to lose consciousness. He said she was moaning and moving less often. Delon noticed Selena's eyes had rolled back and that she went limp. arrived at the scene in one minute and 55 seconds. The paramedics tore away the green sweater where the bleeding was taking place and applied a Vaseline gauze to Selena's wound, which stopped the surface bleeding. Selena's heartbeat was now very slow. Paramedic performed cardiopulmonary resuscitation to keep her blood circulating. Paramedic Richard said it was too late. When he arrived in the lobby, he found a thick pool of blood from her neck to her knees all the way around both sides of her body. Frederick could not locate a pulse. When he placed his finger on her neck, he felt muscle twitches. Paramedic tried inserting an intravenous needle into Selena, but her veins had collapsed because of massive blood loss and low or no blood pressure, making the insertion extremely difficult. Local police closed off the navigational boulevard where paramedics delivered Selena to Corpus Christi Memorial Hospital at 12 p.m. Her pupils were fixed and dilated. There was no evidence of neurological function. She had no vital signs. And opening Selena's chest and finding... Well, she was declared clinically brain dead. Doctors were able to establish an erratic heartbeat long enough to transfer her to the trauma room. Doctors began blood transfusions in an attempt to re-establish blood circulation after opening Selena's chest and finding massive internal bleeding. Selena's right lung was damaged, her collarbone was shattered, and her veins were emptied of blood. Doctors widened her chest, opening, administrating drugs into her heart, and applying pressure to the wounds. The doctor, the cardiac surgeon, arrived at Memorial Hospital and said he saw doctors making the heroic efforts to revive Selena. He described the singer as being extremely confused and shredded. The right side of her chest, all the tissues ripped. By the time Elkins arrived, an emergency doctor began massaging her heart after it had stopped beating. Elkins reported how all efforts were futile and said that he had been the receiving doctor. He would have not made any treatments on Selena. We would have not have made any treatments on Selena. He felt obligation to continue after emergency room doctors made the decision to revive the singer. Elkins said a pencil-sized artery leading from the heart had been cut in two by the hollow point bullet and that six units of blood from the transfusion had spilled out from her circulatory system. A breathing tube was administered after Selena stopped breathing on her own while a clap was being placed on her gushing, pierced artery on her collarbone. After 50 minutes, the doctor realized the damage was irreparable. Selena Cantalina Perez was pronounced dead at 1.05 p.m. at age 23, 16 days before her 24th birthday from blood loss and cardiac arrest.
During the third hour after the shooting, an autopsy was performed due to the overwhelming media interest. It revealed that the bullet had entered Selena's upper right back near her shoulder blade, passing through her chest cavity, severed the right subvicular artery, and excited her right upper chest, exited her right upper chest. It took minutes from the point of impact of the bullet that Selena lost virtually all the blood in her body, which contributed to her rapid bleeding to death. Doctors said that if the bullet had been one millimeter higher or lower, the wound would have been less severe. After the shooting, Salvador entered her pickup truck and tried to leave the motel parking lot. Motel employee Rosario saw Salvador leave her room with a wrapped towel. It was later thought that she was going to cue production to shoot Abraham and the others who were waiting for Selena. However, she was spotted by the responding police officer in a vehicle. The lit officer left his vehicle, drew his gun, and ordered Salvador out of the truck. Salvador did not comply. She backed up and parked adjacent to two cars. Her truck was then blocked in by the police vehicle. Salvador picked up the pistol, pointed it at her right temple, and threatened to commit suicide. A SWAT team and the FBI were brought in. They later said that the event was reminiscent of O.J. Simpson's planned suicide 10 months earlier. Larry and Isaac began negotiating with Salvador. They ran a telephone line to the base of the operations adjacent to Salvador's pickup truck, and the standoff continued. Leader negotiator tried to establish a report with Salvador and persuade her to give herself up. Valencia suggested the shooting was accidental. Salvador later changed her story saying the gun went off by itself that she spoke to her relatives in addition to speaking with police. Motel guests were ordered to remain in the rooms until police escorted them out. Later that afternoon, police drained the gasoline from the gas tank of Salvador's car and turned on the floodlights. After standoff entering its fourth hour, Valencia suggested to, in getting Salvador to confess that she had attempted to shoot herself. Salvador said when she placed the gun to her own house, Selena tried to tell her not to kill herself. When Selena opened the door to leave, Salvador said she told her to close it. She also said the gun went off when Selena left. During the sixth hour, Salvador agreed to give herself up. But when she saw the police officer pointing a rifle at her, she panicked, ran back to her truck, picked up the revolver, and pointed at herself again. Salvador surrendered after more than nine hours. By then, hundreds of Selena's fans had gathered at the scene. Many whipped and the police took Salvador away. A press conference was called within hours of Selena's murder. Salvador had not yet been named in media reports. Assistant Police Chief and Abraham told the press the positive motive was Selena's intention to terminate Salvador's employment. Assistant Police Chief Ken Bung tells us that they have provided the suspect with a telephone and have been in constant contact with her, trying to get her to give herself up. Oh my God, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to kill myself. And as I pulled it out, it just went off because the barrel was back. I didn't mean to do it. One thing ultimately happened here at the Days Inn in room 158. It was Yolanda Saldivar who fired the single gunshot that killed the young singer. But why the shooting happened is still the subject of intense speculation weeks after the jury's conviction. The prosecution contends it was a case of cold-blooded murder committed by an obsessed fan out for revenge. But Saldivar insists it was all a tragic accident, a story she still stands by today. Did she 
say she wanted to fire you? Stella never, never, she never told me that. I was telling her to leave. And I said, I, it's over, Selena, it's over. I can't work for you no more. I can't work for you no more. She went down, she grabbed my feet and told me not to leave her. First of all, that's some bullshit. And I picked her up and I told her, just leave. And I grabbed the gun, put it in my head. I pulled the thing back. And I said, if you don't leave, I'm gonna do it to Lena. Again, more bullshit. And she got up and she says, Mom, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. I'm gonna close the door. And when she was walking to the door, she was going at an angle. And I told her, don't close the door. And in that instant, the gun went off. But why didn't it hit you? Because I was pointing to the door and it just went. On the day Selena was killed, flagels and memorials were held throughout Texas and California. During the event, it was announced that a public viewing of the casket would be held on Bayfront Auditorium the following day. Fans lined up for almost a mile, an hour before the doors opened. Rumors that the casket was empty began circulating, which prompted the Catania family, Cantalia family, to open casket viewing. But three. 30,000 to 40,000 fans passed on Lena's casket. More than 78,000 signed a book of condolences. Flowers for the casket viewing were imported from the Netherlands. At the request of Selena's family, video and flash photography were banned. The same day, an unannounced bilingual Sunday morning mass of Selena featured a choir and was held at San Fernando Cathedral, Cathedral in downtown San Antonio. In the United States, churches with high prompting of Latino worshippers Help. What you know about rolling? I apologize for that. My alarm went off. In the United States, from high proportion Latino worshippers held prayers for Selena. A reporter knows that many mythic symbols, such as Christian symbols, angels, saints, healers, saviors, were attached by to Selena by fans. There was a tribute for the singer during St. Patrick's Day celebration in the Catholic Church in Houston, Texas. Priest Father Sal D. George decided to hold a tribute to Selena the day after people, especially children, after him that was planned on being singers. On April 3rd, 1995, 6,000 guests, mostly family members, attended Selena's burial at Seaside Memorial Park, which was broadcasted live by Corpus Christi and San Antonio radio stations within the consent of her family. Minister preached in English. Hundreds of people began circling the area in their vehicles among the celebrities who attended the funeral. A special mass held the same day uh, drew a crowd of 4,000. Selena had been booked to play there that night for her a more prohibitor tour. The promoter charged an admission fee which upset her father. A thousand fans of Friends of Selena gathered at the Musonel Park in the neighborhood Clute, where she had played at the Mosquito Festival in July 1994. The next day they held a mass which drew 450 people to a 225 seat church. In the weeks following her death, cars throughout Texas had been with pictures of Selena Payne and all of them. On April 28th, during a fireworks display, the music was reworked to include Bitty Bitty Boom Boom in her memory. Her boutiques became shrines to the singer as fans left balloons, flowers, pictures, and poems. Straight memorials of Selena were found across Texas after her death and months following Selena's death. An average of 12,000 people visited her gravesite in the days in motel where the shooting occurred. The motel manager rearranged its room number so guests would not know in which room Selena had been shot. The singer became part of the Day of the Dead celebration. 1997, Selena was 
commemorated with the museum and life-size bronze statue Mirador de la Flor. Corpus Christi, which visited by hundreds of fans each week. Fans flocked to her statue and memorial, seeing them as a symbol of self-identity, unionism, religion, expression, resistance, self-expression, unity, liberation, passion, optimism, possibly, and encouraging and hope to the poor. Family decided to open the casket. However, some precautions had to be taken. This decision apparently came as the result of thousands of requests from Selena's adoring public. About an hour ago, the casket was open. Police guards are standing by to keep everything under control. We also understand the public is still allowed to view the body. All of this just now happening, so we really don't know how much longer Bayfront Plaza will be open. When radio stations broke the news of Selena's death, many people accused the staff of lying because the next day was April Fool's Day. In San Antonio, major Spanish language radio stations began monitoring developments. Radio stations in Texas began playing Selena's music nonstop and taking telephone calls from distressed fans. All major U.S. networks interrupted their regular programming to break the news. Selena's murder was lead item in all television stations in South Texas. Her death was front page news in New York Times for two days and featured promptly on the world news. News of the singer's death reached Japan. Coverage of the singer's death and murder trial dominate America's newcast in 1995. Carlos Lopez told the Corpus Crispy Caller Times that Tejano music is dead for at least today and compared the reaction to Selena's death to the reaction to the Wall Street crash in 1929 and called March 31st 1995 Black Friday. The media response Selena received was unprecompted for Latin artists, and Hispanic writers expressed how the mainstream medical typically ignores people from the border. Newsstands were swarmed by people looking for items concerning Selena. A line for the edition of April 1st, 1995, the Corpus Christi Caller Times formed. The company added 11,000 copies to the print run and later printed 20,000 more copies to meet continuous demand for the paper. They sold out two issues the first day following the singer's death. They were saying it was unheard of for an issue to completely sell out. Then they started making movies. Years later, American actress Jennifer Lopez was cast to play Selena in 1999's biopic film about her life. This choice drew criticism because Lopez's ancestry is Puerto Rican rather than Mexican. After the film release, fans changed their views on Lopez after seeing her performance in the movie. Lopez became famous after the film's release. And then Selena's the series is an American biography drama steaming television series created by Moses Samara and starring Christina Christian Sarachos. The series released on Netflix on December 4, 2020. The second and final part of the series released May 4, 2021. Santa's life and career were covered by a number of television programs including Oprah, E! Truly Hollywood Story, VH, Ones Behind the Music, American Justice, Snapped, and Famous Crime Scene. Other networks included MTV, Investigation Discovery, The Biography, and A&E Network. They all aired special programs about Selena. While Spanish-language networks regularly show documentaries to commemorate the anniversary of her death, these Spanish-language documentaries often score record ratings for Spanish networks. A documentary titled Selena, A Star is Dimmed, 
One of the first and about her was broadcast on the Universal's Primarial and Pacato on April 22nd, 1995. It was watched by 2.09 million people and became the second most viewed Spanish language show in history of American television of all time. Networks competed with each other to interview Salvador about the shooting. When the news came out, the heiress was able to interview her. The interview on Premier and Pacato was watched by 4.5 million viewers. It was the most watched program that night, according to Nielsen's ratings, and became one of the most watched Spanish language programs in American television history. The news of Selena's death deeply affected the Latino community. Many people traveled thousands of miles to visit Selena's home, boutiques, and the crime scene. Hispanics throughout the United States were probably mourned to singers as far away as New York City and Los Angeles. By mid-afternoon, police were asked to form a detour as the line of automobiles began to back up into traffic from the Cantalina's house on the street where Selena had lived. Gang graffiti and cacti distinguished the blue-collar comedy from other subdivisions across America. A chain-link fence in front of Selena's house became a shrine festooned with memorabilia. as fans from across America left messages to Selena and the Cantalina family. Most cars car drivers in Corpus Christi and those driving cars on the Interstate 37 from Mexico turned their headlights on in their memory. Fans scribbled notes and messages and placed them on the door and doorstep of the room in which Selena had been shot. Soon after learning of Selena's death, people began speculating about the identity of her murderer. Some fans thought Emilio's wife had shot Selena. They believed that she was jealous of Selena and Novea's relationship. Johnny Pacilias, Amelia's brother-in-law and manager, frantically called the radio stations in an attempt to squash the rumor. Among the celebrities who believed the rumor were re recorder, producer Manny Guerrero, Pete Ramirez, and American singer Roman Hernandez. According to anchorwoman Arreras, Selena's death became the most popular news story of the year for Latinos. Selena had a cult-like following among Latinos. After her death, she became a household name in the United States and a part of the American pop culture. She was more popular after her death than she was alive. Selena became a cultural icon for Latinos and seen as a woman who was proud of her roots who had achieved her dreams. Spanish singer Walio Inglis interrupted a recording session in Miami for a moment of silence. Among the celebrities who contacted the Cantalina family following the news were Gloria Estefan, Celia Cruz, Julio Iglesias, and Madonna. Madonna was one of her idols. But all concerts throughout Texas were canceled. La Mafia canceled their concert in Guatemala and flew back to Texas. Tejal singer Romero Haraz and dozens of other Tahoe artists also canceled their concert. Talk show host Oprah Winfrey called Selena's life short but significant during a March 1997. Where was I? Mariah Carey told MTV Selena's death was shocking to her because of the way it happened so abruptly in a young life. A few days after her death, President of the United States Bill Clinton and his wife Hillary sent a letter of condolence to Selena's husband, Chris Perez. And this is other reactions. On April 12, 1995, two weeks after Selena's death, Texas Governor George W. Bush declared her birthday Selena Day in Texas. Bush said Selena represented the sessions of South Texas culture. On Selena Day, approximately a thousand fans gathered on her grave, at her grave, not on her grave, that'd be weird, uh, rule breaking, and began singing traditional Mexican folk songs. Police were brought in to control the crowd. On the same day, a crowd of 3,000 attended an organized mass of Resurrection of Selena at the concert park. Now it's only right after I covered the funeral, you know, the death.
and you know the memorials and stuff let's get to the trial Within 25 minutes of Salvador's surrender, she was taken to the downtown police station in Corpus Christi and placed in an interrogation room with investigators Paul and Ray. Paul, who had investigated homicide since 1978, informed Salvador of her right to an attorney, which she waived. When police investigators surrounded Salvador's truck, she had cried out, I can't believe I killed my best friend. Within hours, she was saying the shooting was accidental. Salvador's bail bond was initially set at $100,000, but district attorneys persuaded the presiding judge to raise it to $500,000. When bail was announced, fans asked why the death penalty was not been sought. The jail was deluged with death threats, and there were public calls for vigilant justice. Some gay members in Texas were reported to have taken up collections to raise the bond for Salvador so they could kill her when she was released. In prison, she faced more death threats from inmates. The Mexican Mafia, a dominant gang in Texas, penal system, reported placed a price on her head and spread the word that anyone who committed the crime would be a hero. Salvador's crime was punishable up to nine nine years in prison and a hunt a ten thousand dollar fine salvador was kept at nuisance county jail under a suicide watch before her trial the state had a difficultly arranging defense counsel for salvador a spokesmanship said any lawyer defending salvador could face death threats she was assigned a public defender named douglas tinker's wife feared that they would suffer from community retribute and ask him not to take the case hmm Worcester Green ordered that the trial would not be televised or taped. They limited the number of reporters in the courtroom to avoid a repeat of the Simpson Circus. They reported the vision of interest in the trial between Latinos and white Americans. Selena's murder trial was called the trial of the century. It was the most important trial to the Latino population and generally interest in Europe. South America, Australia, and Japan. Salvador pled not guilty, saying the shooting was accidental. In his opening statement, Valdez said he believes Salvador deliberately killed Selena. Valdez also called it a senseless and cowardly act because Selena was shot in the back. Tinker said the shooting was accidental and denied rumors Salvador wanted to be romantically involved with Selena. On October 28, 1995, the jury deliberated for two hours before finding Salvador guilty of the murder. She received maximum sentence of life in prison with no eligibility of parole for 30 years. On November 22, 1995, she arrived at the Gatesville Unit, now the Christian Claire Crane Unit, in Gatesville, Texas, for processing. As of 2018, Salvador is serving her sentence in Gatesville and Mountain View Unit, which is operated by the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. She will be eligible for parole on March 3, 2025. Because of multiple initial death threats and incarcerating Selena fans, Salvador was placed in isolation and spending 23 hours a day alone in her 9 by 6 foot cell. In 2002, under a judge order, the gun used to kill Selena was destroyed and pieces were thrown in Corpus Christi Bay. Fans and historians disapproved the decision destroying the gun, saying the event was historical and the gun should have been in the museum. Wait, what? Oh... Card. That's fine, I guess, but I understand. Okay. Selena's career began as lead vocalist in Los Dinos in 1980. Nine years later, she signed with EMI Latin as a solo artist and continued to tour with her band. <laughs> wow. According to Arthur Joe Nick. In 2000, Selena was the last Tejano recording artist to have appeared on the Billboard 200 chart. Her music last appeared on the chart in April 2015 at the release of Lo Mijo de Selena. And thank you, my butterfly empire. That was the Selena Cantadilla Perez murder. We all miss her. Her light's still shining bright and people still talking and listen to her music.
You may have killed her body, but her soul lives on forever. Is it just what we feel? 